So God created us, knit us together in our mother's womb. And from the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, God has given us the free will to choose. We see that with Adam and Eve. He gave them the free will to choose. He put before them a choice. And how we choose or, or what we choose matters greatly. And here's the choice. Here's what it all comes down to in life, the choice that God has given us. Will we live our lives God's way or will we live our lives our way? Here's the choice. Will we live our lives for God or just live our lives for ourselves? Will we live our lives in our own strength? Or will we live our lives in and out of God's powerful strength? Our text today is Galatians 5, beginning of verse 18. I want to go ahead and start reading this. Actually, verse 16. Scripture says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. That's God's way. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's our way. For the flesh, our way desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you're not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, if, you're, if your life is led God's way, you're not under the law. Because it's not about religion and rules. It's about God. See, the path we choose, whether it's our way or God's way, is going to determine the outcome of our lives. And the outcomes are very different. And I imagine everybody here, to some degree, can attest and raise your hand and say, yeah, I've been there, done that. I've seen the difference in the outcome. I've experienced doing it my way. And I've experienced doing it God's way completely different. Completely different. But most people in our world today sadly do life their own way. Right? You know, back in the day, there was a guy named Frank Sinatra. And in the late 60s, he made a song famous called My Way. And six times during that song, he sang this, this lyric. He said, I did it my way. There's a lot of people walking around today. Unless we boast or think we're so above everything, we've probably fallen into this ourselves, where we end up doing life our way. I did it my way. And this song is really a song of self-exaltation. Like, I got this. I got this. Really, you got this. Okay. All right. But isn't that kind of the theme of our culture today? I got this. It is. It's because we're living in the postmodern era. You know, there are essentially three different philosophical worldviews. There's the Judeo-Christian worldview, which is God's worldview, which is right here. You want to know the Judeo-Christian worldview? Read the Bible. This is, that's one worldview that we can live by. There's another, world called the, another worldview called the modern worldview. And then there's a postmodern worldview, which is really what most people in our culture today subscribe to, live by, swear by, and die by. 
postmodernism. It's the claim that there's really no absolutes, that you can have your truth, I can have my truth, and hey, it's all good. It's all good. Whatever you want to believe, you can believe. However you want to live, you can live. And, and it's all going to work out in the end. It's all good. That's the exact opposite of God's perspective. 180 degree difference. The exact opposite. Self-exaltation instead of Jesus' exaltation. By the way, think about it. How is this my way of life working out in our culture today? How is postmodernism working for our world today? Suicide, depression, homelessness, loneliness, hurt, pain. These are all addiction, all epidemics in our culture, in our community today. The more we run towards I got this, I can do it, my way is going to work out for me. The more we run to that, the worse it is getting. Can we admit that? It's not working. My way doesn't work. Your way doesn't work. The ways of the world don't work. They just hurt. They bring pain. They bring separation, loneliness, and ultimately death. And God cares enough to bring another way to us and to make another way available to us. Because God doesn't want us broken. He doesn't want us lonely. He doesn't want us lost, and he doesn't want us separated from him. God wants good for you. When God created mankind, he placed us in a perfect place, designed perfectly for us because he wants good for us. And God still wants good for us, even in our brokenness and sin, even as we're choosing our own way instead of his way. He sends his son, Jesus, to this earth to make a way for us to once again walk with him. And enjoy Him. And be with Him now and forever. That's just the goodness of God. That's God's heart. Let's go back to our text. Galatians 5, 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh, our flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary, that's like exact opposite, of the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. Let me just stop there. How many of you see the conflict in our world today? The conflict of the ways of the world and God's ways. How many of you see that in your own life from time to time? Your flesh and the spirit in conflict with each other, battling for you. That's life, man. They're in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Point number one, it's one or the other. It's one or the other. 
You can't have it both ways. Either God's way or your way, either spirit or flesh. It's one or the other. You have to choose. Either God's going to lead or you're going to lead. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area. There's no, I want a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of me, a little bit of God, and we're all going to get to the same place. It's all going to work out. No. Our way is contrary to God's way. Your way, your ideas of doing life is contrary to God's way. What you want to do, what your flesh wants to do, is contrary to God's way. So these Christians in Galatia, we've been studying this for months now, they, they're running their lives in opposite directions. And Paul's saying, you can't, it's tearing you apart. So here's what I want to do. I want to give a little bit of, a, of an example here. I got, oh, look at that. Matt, you look really comfortable. I'm going to make it, come here, stand up here. Get right here, right in front of me, right here, stand right here. And I need, I need two other guys. Pablo, Pablo, come. Come over here. And um, we got another guy. Tanner, come on up here. You knew I was, I don't know, you didn't know I was going to choose you, but you were looking at me like you knew I was going to choose you. You're in the spirit, you see? Look at that. So you guys can turn the other direction. So here's what I want you to do. You're the example, Matt, okay? Matt, you're the example. And I want you to put your arms out straight out either way. All right? And now, Pablo, because it's such a beautiful day and we're doing this in unity, you get to be the spirit today, okay? All right? Tanner, I'm sorry, but you're the flesh, man. You're the flesh. And now what I'd like to see is I'd like to see what happens if, if you both begin pulling on these arms toward you. What happens? What ha now, Matt, 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 cooperate. You're just a man. You, the spirit's pulling one direction. Keep pulling. And the flesh is pulling the opposite direction. Now, if these guys were powerful enough, what would happen to Matt here? He'd be ripped apart. He'd be torn apart. You know, but back in the day, they used to torture people on something called the rack. And they would stretch somebody's body in opposite directions. I mean, I'm going to get graphic here. Until it would rip apart. Until parts of the body would start to become separated from the body and death ultimately would happen. This is what is happening in our lives when we're sowing to both the flesh and the spirit. It's ripping us and tearing us apart. It's anything but the goodness and the peace that God has for our lives. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Let's give them a round of applause. That was spur of the moment. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. So there's a guy named George Mueller. How many of you heard of George Mueller? I mean, this is an awesome man of God. This is a man all in. This is a man who gave his life for the Lord and gave his life for others. In fact, this guy cared for 10,024 orphans in his lifetime. The guy started 117 schools that taught 120,000 students in a biblical worldview. The Bible, primarily. This guy was no joke. He felt the calling. He was led by the Spirit of God. When a man asked the secret of his service, here's how Mueller responded. This is what he said. He said, quote, there was a day when I died, utterly died. 
I want to stop right there and just ask, have you experienced that day? Can you say, there was a day when I died? That's different than there was a day when I said a prayer. You know what I'm saying? No. Mueller said, there was a day when I died, utterly died. Died to George Mueller. Died to his opinions, preferences, tastes, and will. Died to the world, to its approval or censure. Died to the approval or blame even of my brethren and friends. And since then, I have studied to show myself approved only to God. Mueller chose God's way. He chose God's way. So here's the question. Are you ready and willing to die to your will? And that's no joke. It's not, it's not just some quick like, oh, yeah, easy. Yeah, no problem. No, it, it's, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Not to be taken lightly. It's like for real. Because you can't have it both ways. Truly, either in this life you're going to pursue God or you're going to pursue you. You're going to either live for God or you're going to make choices and decisions every day you wake up to live for yourself. It's, it's, I mean, I'm getting real with it, okay, because the Bible's real. God's clear about this. And God's, God has a better way. God has a better way. Either you're going to choose his way or you're going to choose your own way. So how do we know if we're choosing the flesh or the spirit? How do we know if in this life right now today, how do we know, am I choosing God's way or am I still choosing my way? Well, the Apostle Paul helps us understand that. And so he continues, and and point number two today is the acts of the flesh. The acts of the flesh. This is one way we can know if we're choosing our way. Verse 19 says that the acts of the flesh, meaning our way, those acts are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred and discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And Paul says, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So these are those things, those things of, that identify that we're living our way, that we're, we're, we're living in the flesh and not by the Spirit. These are those things that we need to be avoiding, but not just avoiding. We need to be opposing them. And there's a difference. So I played football. And one thing, you don't want to get tackled. If you get the ball, you don't want to get tackled. So I played tight end. Frankly, they didn't pass me the ball very much. I don't know what's up with that, but I'm sure it was the issue with the quarterback and not my skills. But other than that, so when I did get the ball, this is one thing that I I, I tried to do. I tried to avoid the guys on the other team who wanted to tackle me. I tried to avoid them. But... You really have to go on beyond just avoiding the other team if you really want to advance the ball. You have to go to the place of opposing the other team. 
You've got the ball. You've got to oppose him. How many of you watched a guy running a football, and you know the Heisman picture, right, where he's running the football, and all of a sudden the arm goes out? Because the opposition is coming to tackle him. He can't just avoid them, so he has to go to the, the new way of opposing them. And he'll put his arm out and actually stiff arm him to keep him from tackling him. That's what we need to do with the flesh. Not only avoid the flesh, not only avoid our way, but actually oppose it. Because it's going to come at you. Your flesh will come at you. That dead flesh, by the way, it wants to come back to life. And it will come back and it will try to tackle you and take you down. Avoid, yeah. But there's that point where you have to actually oppose it. Stiff arm it. Put it in its place. Remind it. You're dead. And you're not taking me down. You're not taking me down. So when we choose life our way, and that's not the right way, by the way, one thing that we're doing is we're substituting, we're substituting the real thing for something artificial. You know, God has a real deal for us. Real love, real peace, real hope, real joy. In this world and in our flesh, they have all kinds of, of make-believe versions of this. Man-made artificial versions that they're trying to sell us and get us to grab hold of. And it never satisfies. It always disappoints. I'm going to go ahead and use this. My, one of my sons here, my son, my second oldest, is he just bought a ring that he's going to give to a girl. You know what I'm saying. That's exciting. You want to talk about excitement in the Jones house right now. That's exciting. And, and I'm going to tell you what. When he was looking for a ring, he made a decision early on. And we even talked about this. Yeah, what kind of ring? You're going to go for a real diamond? You're going to go for one of those, you know, cubic zirconia-type ones, you know, because you can get a bigger one, and they're still real shiny and all that. And he made a decision. He said, no, I'm going to do the real deal. I'm going to get a real, real rock. I'm going to do a real one. That's what I want to do. And that was a picture for me this week as I was even just in Scripture here looking at God's way or our way and, how our way is always just a cheap ripoff. And, and it reminded me of this. Did you know that our bridegroom, Jesus, that he's not redeeming us. He's not, he's not bringing us to himself with any kind of substitutes, with anything that's fake or unreal, but the real deal. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And instead of bringing us back to God with bulls and goats and, and some other kind of substitute manner, God stepped down from heaven. Jesus stepped down. And he did what only he could do. And he gave what only he could give to redeem us, his bride. Beloved, the things that this world has to offer us, so much fake stuff, will never satisfy. It will never do. Let me just give you some examples. Instead of true intimacy between a husband and wife, what does this, this world give us? 
cheap sex between two strangers often. That, that's what the world offers. And that's what Paul is talking about here when he's talking about the acts of the flesh, sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, all these kinds of things. These are the cheap alternatives, the man-made versions that bring man-made hopelessness, brokenness, pain, and ultimately death. Instead of the mysterious, present, like supernatural, infinite God, the flesh in this world is just substitute. What are the substitutes? Dead religion. Dead religion. No presence, no power, no intimacy. That was one of the things that Paul is fighting against for the, for the church in Galatia. As these Judaizers, these religious people are, are trying to bring back these man-made things to substitute for Jesus, the real deal, who's already come. Real freedom, real grace that they already had tasted. He say, no. Don't accept it. Some people are like, you know, but it feels good just to, to know what the rules are and to obey them. I get that. It feels a lot better to know Jesus and just follow him. Let him take you where rules will never take you. And I'm not saying rules aren't bad, you know. If you're a kid, you're going to be like, hey, the pastor said no more rules, you know. I'm just following Jesus, mom and dad. I'm not following your rules. That's not what we're saying here. Choosing our way is also all about self-gratification. And that's what our culture tells us to be all about. Take care of yourself. You're number one. I mean, that, that's the message we all get. You need to look out for number one. That's all that postmodernism that I talked about before. It's all about self. And it's going to always disappoint. You know, the way of the flesh also brings division. You saw that in, in some of the fruit, some of the, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, and factions. And we wonder why we live in such a lonely world with so much pain and so much separation. That's the result of, of living our own way. It's a result of the flesh. I read this week, somebody described it this way. We separate into what's been called, quote, little spiritual ghettos where we think we're right and everyone else is wrong. We draw lines and make enemies. This is what our way gets us. God's way brings us together. Our way is going to always bring hurt and pain and separation. So this is how we know. Are we living our way or are we living God's way? What, what's the fruit? What's the outcome of our lives? What are we experiencing? What is what we're doing bringing? What are the results of how we're treating others and how we're interacting with others and the choices that we're making? This is how we can know whose way we are choosing. Our way misses the mark. And the definition of missing the mark, the word for that is sin. When we miss God's mark, His way, that is when we have fallen into that three-letter word, sin. 
And sin isolates. And isolation is frankly hell. Like the Atlanta airport, apparently, according to Pastor Jose. I didn't know that about the Atlanta airport, but I will avoid it. You know what I'm saying? But that's what isolation does. Division brings isolation. We're all in our little own silos. And it, it, it is. It's a form of hell. It's separation. And we have a culture that is living basically hell on earth right now, so separated. We think we're so together. We think we're so connected with one another, with these little devices. And we're so separated. But God is a better way. We're going to get to point number three right now. God's way produces way different results. How many can, can say amen to that? Come on. That's great. That's great. Amen. Point number three, there's this thing called the fruit of the Spirit. This is the outcome of choosing God's way. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit, the outcome of what God does and produces and what just flows out of us and oozes out of us because we're walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Galatians 5.22, it's joy. How many of you want some more of that? Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's what choosing God's way brings. Oh, but I have to die to self. Yeah, but that's where you're going to find joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, they've crucified, they've killed, they've put to death the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. Man, doesn't that sound good? I mean, isn't that the kind of life that we're all desiring and looking for? God has it for us. When we choose to live our lives His way, in the Spirit, and we stiff arm and oppose our flesh, let it stay dead. So these are the things we need to cherish and cultivate. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And it only comes when we die to self. When we choose God's way, we get God's results. I mean, if there's anything, let's let that sink in. When we choose God's way, we get God's results. It's about placing the needs of others above the needs of self. Choosing God's way is is giving instead of taking. It's about kindness and gentleness. In our last elders meeting, actually it was a board of directors meeting, Jim Barry opened us up in prayer. And he was just praying and, and thanking God for kindness and collaboration. And man, when he said those two words, when he prayed those two words out, it was like the, my spirit leapt within me. Just, just, it was like, yes, yes, kindness and collaboration, the way of the kingdom of heaven, God's way. 
of how we interact and do life with one another. Beautiful. It's about being controlled by the Holy Spirit, who if you are in Christ Jesus, He dwells within you. He's there. He's made His, his house. He's made you His house. It says that we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. He dwells within us. That's amazing. But Paul tells us that we have to keep in step with the Spirit. It's in verse 25. And I want to give a quote here. This is from a guy by the name of J.I. Packer. And he says, What we are being told is that supernatural living, how many of you know that you can live that way? Don't, don't buy the bill of goods that, 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 that because we're living in the natural still that, that we have to settle for living natural lives and just what the natural is going to give us or how it's going to run over us. We are other than now. We, we've been, we're, we're in a different kingdom now, the kingdom of heaven. Packer says this, what we're being told is that supernatural living through supernatural empowering is at the very heart of New Testament Christianity. Did you hear that? Supernatural living through supernatural empowering, that's from God, is at the very heart of New Testament Christianity. So that those who, while professing faith, do not experience and show forth this empowering are suspect by New Testament standards. What what Packer's saying here is that if we're not seeing supernatural life and results happening in our lives, that there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect from the life that we truly have in Christ Jesus. When we grab hold of what he's grabbed hold of for us, when we choose to follow him, there will be evidence of that, evidence that you cannot create yourself. Evidence that is supernatural. Love that's beyond any kind of love that you could ever give. Patience and kindness beyond what you would ever show anybody else. That is being demonstrated and lived through your life. Because it's not you, but it's Christ living in you. That's living and walking by the Spirit and not by your flesh. Supernatural living. Living by the Spirit is living spiritually. How many of you wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to live spiritually today? I'd encourage you to to think about that when you wake up. I'm not just going to live in the natural today. I'm not just going to be pushed around by whatever the world throws at me. I'm not going to live based on the circumstances of my life. I'm not going to live based on my own fleshly desires and my own plans. I want to live spiritually today. I want to live God's way. Even as I say that, I mean, I'm preaching it, but, but I need to be reminded of this. Every morning, before my, hit touch, my feet touch the ground, Let me live your way today, God. 
So you can't have it both ways. It's either the flesh or the spirit. Verses 24 and 25 once again. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. I want to go ahead and ask you this. If you sincerely can say this. Do you belong to Christ Jesus? If you belong to Christ Jesus, raise your hand and hold it up. Praise God. Praise God. Even the testimony that you are making even right now. Amen. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, stiff-armed it, opposed it. It's dead. They've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And now since we, in Christ Jesus, since we who belong to Christ live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I'm reminded of what it says in Galatians 5, verse 6. As we think about how do we live in step with the Spirit? Going back a few sentences earlier where Paul says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I'm telling you, there's a common denominator to everything as it relates to God. And that's love. And here's what's amazing. As we think about can we live by the Spirit? Can we actually engage spiritually? Can we actually live a life that's supernatural now? This is what's amazing. It doesn't matter as we're here together from different cultures, it doesn't matter which culture we're from. It doesn't matter our culture. It doesn't matter our language. It doesn't matter about what our age is. It doesn't matter our socioeconomic you know, standing in the world. It, it, none of that kind of stuff matters. Your Christian labels don't matter. Whether you're a denomination or this or that, it doesn't matter. Your preferred... Christian practices, they don't even matter. What ultimately matters is Christ in you. The hope of glory, that's what matters. And if we're living out of that reality, not just out of that, that lofty thought, but truly living out of the reality of Christ in me, living in me and through me, That's what matters. So I have a question for you. Has Jesus grabbed your heart? Has he grabbed your life? Has he grabbed your attention and your thoughts? Has he grabbed your desires? Is he your desire? Is he your great expectation? Or is there some worldly ladder that you're climbing, that's, that's your expectation, that's your goal? Is he your great expectation, your deep desire? Is, is Jesus your hope? Is he your longing? And I imagine every one of us can say, he is 
But then we look at our lives and we go, ah. God is grace and he is good. He has this message for us right now as he did for the church in Galatia those thousands of years ago. Not to condemn, but to draw us to him. So wherever you are right now, in your life, whether you're living a lot for yourself and for the flesh, or you're living a lot for the Spirit, but, but you know that there are those things that, that still need to be crucified, wherever you are in that, that whole pendulum of life, this is what I believe right now at this moment is God is drawing you closer to Him wherever you are. Because He created you. He loves you. He longs for you to know Him and to know Him more and to enjoy Him and to enjoy Him more. Right now, today, and for all eternity. As beautiful as we think a day like this is, I'm going to go ahead and say it. God, God believes you're a whole lot more beautiful than this. He does. So much so that he sent his son, his one and only son, Jesus, to step down from his place of glory, to put on flesh, to deal with all the stuff that we have to deal with, to be tempted in every way that we are tempted. And then to go to a cross and take upon himself all the dirt and shame and sin, all that gross stuff. Jesus, the sinless, Son of God, taking upon himself the full sins of the world. Beloved, that's love. And that's the love he has for you right now where you are. You all know the passage, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. And I'll just even say, for God so loved you. And you and you and you and me. He so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever would believe upon him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. So again, we have a choice. We can choose to go, wow, that was, that was an all right message. and It's a good reminder that we can just go about life, get back in the lane and push the pedal to the metal and keep it going. Or we can let this be a moment 
that we choose. I'm talking to everyone here, including myself. Wherever you are, wherever you are with God right now, you choose God's way. God's way. Let's stand up.